My husband and I both grew up on dairy farms, and um, so that's where our interests lie. And when we met each other, he had already bought a, a farm, and um, I had had some cows. So the cows that I had came to his farm, and then we did buy a small herd and combined them all together. Growing up on a dairy farm, did you think that you would continue farming? Yes, I, I guess I did. I didn't have any other interest at that time, um, right out of high school. And then um, I did not go on to college. My my parents um, were not healthy at that time, so I needed to pre- pretty much stay home and, and work on the farm. Um, I'm sure if I wanted to go to college, we somehow would have made it, made it work. But at that point... Um, I needed to stay home and and help on the farm. Dairy farming that you started out with, for folks who don't understand what it entails, can you kind of walk through a typical day of what that is? And then, you know, you've now transitioned into into other farming, raising dairy heifers uh, and beef, Uh, but just farming in general on a typical day, what's that like for you? Well, it's an early rise in the morning. And of course the milk, uh, cows need to be milked twice a day. Some people do three times a day. And, um, and, you know, in the winter months, there's, I mean, you have your regular chores to do, the milking, the barn cleaning, um, those kinds of things. But, and then the summertime, you know, you, you have to get up and milk. And then there's, you know, crops that need to be put in. If you're um, in the spring, if you're planting corn, um, you know, that has to be done. And then, uh, like I said, put crops in, hay. If you're going to do square bales, round bales throughout the summer, and then in the fall, you're going to need to chop that corn to, um, you know, put it in a silo or where, wherever the facility is on your farm, particular farm, where you want to put that for the winter. So you have the, the corn to feed your, your cows throughout the winter. So it's kind of a, you know, pretty busy day. And, and then, of course, you know, it depends on what time your milking schedule is and Depends on what time you get done to come in at night. Um, so that's pretty much a day on the dairy farm. How do you manage the balance between your farm work and your other daily activities? Well, when we we started, um, it was just my husband and I, and uh, both of us worked at the farm together. And uh, so... When it was time to come, like, into the house to prepare meals or, you know, run errands, you just, you, you know, had to find time during your day to do those things. And then we did have um, four children, two boys and two girls. And as they got old enough to help, they helped out on the farm. And um, I did work a part-time job off the farm um, probably a couple years into farming, um, it just didn't seem like there was enough money um, at that time to make ends meet with the, the cost of feed over what the price of milk was. And um, so I had just picked up a part-time job um, just to help make ends meet. So if the washer machine broke, we had money there to get a new washer machine. And, and let's see. Go ahead. Well, no, I was going to ask you also um – foster as well. Can you talk a little bit about your fostering that you do in the community? Well, um, 
we had seen a need for um, foster parents through where we were going to church at that time. Um, there were two families there that had foster children, and um, we thought we could help them um, if we could um, respite their foster children for them. Um, then they could go out on a date night or they could go get uh, groceries and not have to take all their children with them and just kind of give them a, a little bit of a break. So that was our particular reason to get into foster care was to be able to respite other children for the, for the foster families that were already um, being foster parents. But um, it didn't take long. And then we were, had our first foster child back in, um, let's see, I'm trying to think what year that, 2004, we had got our first foster child. And, um, but again, still we were able to help respite other families and, you know, give them a, a break if they needed it as well. So you're farming, you're fostering, you're also a member of the Farm Bureau. You've been a member for over 40 years, serving on different uh, committees, the county board as well. There's a lot to juggle. What have you learned since uh, getting involved in all of this? What's the most significant change for you? Well, I do have to say, um, if, if I got to give God first in my day. Like if I can give him first in my day, then he gives me the hours that I need to do these particular jobs. Um, and I, I truly believe that um, we were led to um, help these uh, children and plant seeds in their lives so that they um, could have a better life. Not that we wanted them all to become farmers, um, but just to have a better lifestyle than um, what they were used to having. And so from your perspective, what's at the top of your list to advocate for, for your community? You, you mentioned so many different things, the farming aspect, the children's welfare aspect of it. We had changed over from a dairy farm to beef. It, it took a few years to um, transition um, from dairy to beef. But having um, those foster children on our farm, it gave them some responsibilities it gave them um, two, two of the girls that we had actually were in 4-H, and they raised um, pigs, livestock projects that they had took. And they had to learn to be able to keep records on how much it cost to feed the pigs. Um, they knew that this was a terminal project that, um, you know, when the fair was over, they, those pigs weren't coming back home. They were going to go in somebody's freezer. And um, then they saw the check that they had gotten from those pigs. And... Um, knew then that they needed to pay the feed bill and then they had some money left over that they could purchase, you know, pigs for the next year. <laughs> but it also gave them some freedom here on the farm to, um, they would, um, I guess you'd say, take, take a cow as a pet and they would name the cow and brush the cow and make a sign above the cow and give them and uh, hang a name tag up there for them. And, um, they just kind of fell in love with the animals that, that we had here. Um, they did have some jobs to do um, to help in the barn and uh, nothing more than I wouldn't ask my own children to do and um, to help uh, keep the, the business going. So 
you know, we're hoping that we planted some seeds that, you know, that they learned some responsibilities. Um, you know, they also helped in the house. They had, you know, chores to do, um, help with the dish, dishes, empty the dishwasher, um, which made things a lot easier for, for me. And um, like I said, taught them some re- responsibility too. One of the boys we had loved to bake. And um, that's what he entered at the fair one year is that he had baked some cupcakes and um, entered them there. Um, they all had their own little um, niches, would you say? Um, and I liked when we got foster children and I didn't know a lot about them. And I, I asked the agency, could you just let me figure them out? I don't want them to come through my door already with a label on them. And um, I like to figure them out. And um one time we had a group of five, and with that many children, um, we did have to set up a, a kind of like a chore chart and a discipline chart. And um, what we did for um, rewards was not always monetary, but um, we would take them fishing. And I get to go one-on-one with them fishing, or we would go ice skating on, on the pond as well. Some of them just like to go out to the garage and um, work on a tractor with my husband or my son, and uh, that that was more rewarding than um, you know we bought them something you know monetary, um, but just to be able to to do things like that um, for rewards for them. If you could share a piece of advice with uh, the future generation of uh, folks in agriculture, the future men and women in agriculture, what would that be? Well, it is a tough, well, it depends on what commodity you're in also. Um, dairying, being a dairy farmer is still um, challenging. Um, I can't, I, I, I got to say you cannot, um, um, you can, you can make it go. You can make it work. I actually have a daughter and son-in-law up in New York state that has a dairy farm. And, um, you know, they're making a go at it. They do have a couple, you know, side things going on where they sell some hay. Um, they have some Amish farmers that they work with up in New York State. And, uh, you know, they'll trade some milk for uh, chickens or, or eggs. Um, but it depends on which commodity you're in. Um and it seems like there's quite a few beef farmers now. So there's a challenge there. You know, you've got to find your own um, buyers, um, you know, for beef. If you're selling your beef out of the freezer or if you're selling it, um, if somebody wants to buy a whole or a half, um, sometimes you got to think outside the box. Um, I have a niece that has a poultry business, and it's an on-the-road poultry business, and they uh, get contacted and, and uh, they go to the farm and they butcher, you know, 100 birds in, you know, one afternoon for, for uh, you know, farmers that um, have meat chickens. Um, but like I said, you got to think out of the box. Um, don't give up on your ideas. Um, you know, try to see them through. Um, there's, there's help out there. You can go to your um, Penn State Extension um, to, to find help, there's grants out there for new farmers, new young farmers. Um, I, I just wouldn't wouldn't give up and um, um, 
can't think of anything else. <laughs> well, Sorry. Uh, the, the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau's Women's Leadership Committee selected you as the recipient of the 2023 Outstanding Woman in Agriculture. Congratulations. Uh, I'm sure. Oh, thank you. I'm sure that makes you happy. But what's the one thing that makes you truly happy about what it is that you do? Well, it was very, I was so excited to receive the award because I just feel that there are other women out there that are just as deserving to get that award. Um, what makes me the happiest, um, at this point is that, um, I love what we're doing at this point, um, on the farm. We are very happy, um, here on our farm, um, raising the beef that we raise. We also board, um, animals for other farmers, um, which we're doing that right now through the winter months. And then in, um, I think it's May or June. April or May, right? Whenever the grass starts growing a little bit, then those animals will go back to their the farms where they they come from. Um, so I enjoy seeing those heifers grow. Um, I enjoy our seven grandchildren that we have now. <laughs> um, that's about the time when we got out of doing foster care because um, it was getting a little more difficult having foster children and taking care of my. Um, biological grandchildren and um, so that's why we had um, just given given that up and um, just so I can focus on the grandchildren more and of course the ones up in New York State I try to get up to see them once a month and um, we have three that are not too far from our house um, and they're they're probably what make me the happiest and uh, also being able to get out to, to church on on Sundays and during the week that that blesses my heart as well. Well, Bonnie LaTourette, farmer over in Wayne County, doing so much. Thank you for talking to us today and telling us your story. And congratulations again on your Outstanding Woman in Agriculture Award from the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. Oh, well, I'm very happy, very excited. And I'm so glad that I was able to tell my story. Because if you don't get out there and tell your story, then who will tell your story? So I'm glad that I've been able to share today. You're absolutely right. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.